This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Hey, everybody. Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talk College Football Huddle right here on Northeast Streaming Sports Network. How are you all tonight? Crazy, crazy world of college football. Not only do we have new rankings out, we have Jim Harbaugh getting the monkey off his back, as was predicted by my upcoming co-host, who we'll bring in in a second, Mark Mancini. But I'm going to wait to make him wait only because he was right on this one. I don't want to give him credit too soon. Well, we'll get him in here. Harbaugh gets the monkey off his back, jumps Michigan all the way to number two, and rightfully so. Alabama with a big win last week, a uh, big comeback against Auburn, albeit with the help of the uh, push-off in the end zone, which we won't get into because I don't think officials determine outcomes of games, but we'll see. And, of course, Cincinnati wrapping up number f- the fourth position as well. And Oklahoma State with a thrilling win over Oklahoma. All that upstaged hours later as coaches start jumping. I can't even keep it straight. Lincoln Riley to USC. Brian Kelly to to LSU. Mark Mancini to Notre Dame. I can't keep it straight. Let's bring in Mark Mancini now, the wandering Los Los Angeles. Oh, no, not really. The wandering Pittsburgher. How are you? The, the most hated man in Los Angeles. And now I'm calling out everybody in Los Angeles because they got to open their wallets like the USC Trojans did. And I'm buying stock in those guys along with Lincoln Riley. I got to tell you now. So now you're buying stock in USC. I'm buying stock. I like to buy stock and people that open up them wallets, you know, Unlike the Dodgers and the Rams in this town where they're content with division flags and almost and should have been and could have been and would have been. I'm in the guys that open up the wallets and bring the big name to turn the program around. Let's they haven't see. won a Let's... title in 18 years. Yeah, they need yeah, to yeah. turn the program. And what better candidate than Lincoln Riley, that young whippersnapper, 38 years old from Oklahoma, man. He's going to bring some Heisman <clears throat> Trophy candidates here. He's going to bring some recruiters. Well, He's going to put SoCal back on the map. The last time we saw you live on this show, I think you told me there was no Ferrari uh, garage uh, big enough to handle this rebuilding job. In, uh, yeah, in but now, you know, they, they, they might have – hey, who knows? Maybe Gav, Gavin Newsom gave him a, <clears throat> you know, a, a tax break or whatever. I don't know what happened. There's a lot of money being thrown around at Cali. Let's so catch- who knows? Let's catch you know, a couple of uh, – let me say a couple of hellos here before we jump into We'll have Jim Baringer coming on, by the way, in a bit to chat with uh, – Oh, I love him too. We'll with get, Mark we'll, we'll and I. We'll have Larry Sorensen on later. I don't know if he's going to get in time for Mark to kind of taunt him on the Pittsburgh-Wake Forest game today, but we will have Wake Forest uh, color commentator Larry Sorensen on. I want to say hello to Carlos. Carlos, uh, rankings are out in Ohio State, comma – Come on, how do you drop down to seven, man? Drop them right out of the top ten. Oh, What's God. going on here, man? Who's supporting Ohio State, man? And 
at Brutus, man. Who's supporting these boys? One quick thing before I move on from Carl's statement and a little bit of uh, self-gratuitous uh, 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 commentary. Uh, join us Fridays for TGI Sports Talk. We'll present Are You Serious with my co-host Carlos Chavez, the Mad New Yorker. Wow. Oh, it's going to get wild, Mark. you got to get up 5 a.m. out there in L.A. You can make it. Yeah, show is picking up steam, man. You're going places. Let's say hey to Rick Sherlock. Uh, he's still waiting for his cheesesteaks, but we'll get yeah, into I that know, later. Yeah, I'm going to have to mention Rick on the Philly show tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's you. What do we got else going on here? Hey, you know Gifford what we're in? doing? I got to tell you something. We're, we're yeah. going to have a big smack off in February in Philly. And it's it, it's with all the guests. We're trying something new. Is it like a is it, what do they call that in wrestling? The uh, <laughs> steel cage match. I'll be there. Steel cage yeah, match. Bring me and Heffern in, and we'll get into it right there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you something with the Brian Kelly hire, and I know we'll be talking about it throughout the show. Well, funny was, Kenny Gifford, our big uh, Notre Dame fan, just said hello. So I'm sure we'll be talking about Brian Kelly. So go ahead. Well, I was seeing this before. You know, I, I'm I'm not. I've never been a big Brian Kelly uh, fan. I know Cincinnati. I know Notre Dame, the winningest coach, the only coach over there that has won a national title. So, sit back behind Parsegian and Holtz. But now he goes to LSU. He got a big smile on his face and everything. Be careful for what you wish for, because when you go down to those neck of the woods, if you ain't winning. You could be thrown in the back of a pickup going to Alligator Alley. Come on, man. Are you serious? You're going to compete with Smart and Saban? Give me a well, break. What are you thinking, Kelly? You know what? And I told uh, Kenny this when we were chatting a little bit. You know, this guy gives up a job where he could stay there his entire lifetime. And if he wins one national championship in the next 20 years, he'll be a god. Yeah. Now he's going to go someplace. If he doesn't win in three years, he's going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you make that move. I have no idea why you make that move. Well, that's that's why when you looked at uh, Lincoln Riley, he knew exactly what he was doing. Starting to bring, he'll he'll bring Spencer Rattler over there too. Well, you know, I don't disagree with Carlos. Carlos talks about the fact that this appears to be a lateral move to him. I, this is something new. This is a new thing, and I'll well, I want to talk about it when Jim comes in too. But we'll start now. You know, we're used to seeing coaches move around. We're not used to seeing coaches leave powerhouses for other powerhouses. And some of the guys who we look at, we thought are going to try to move up the Hugh Freezes, the Dave Clausens that we'll talk to uh, Larry Sorensen a little bit about at Wake Forest, guys who have talked about moving up to bigger jobs, signing longer term extensions at these, you know, again, lesser level teams. They're not terrible teams, but they're not Oklahoma. They're not USC. Well, What's up with these team, these coaches now jumping? Let me, let me tell you, I think what Lincoln Riley did is he said, you know what? The Pac-12 hasn't been relevant he's, he, he, for years. So he's trying to make it relevant. And what better way for USC to make a splash? Because let's let's not kid ourselves here. With, with Texas and Oklahoma going over there to the SEC, well, yeah, if you don't make a splash in the Pac-12 to bring in somebody to try to combat that to – to bring in recruitment and, 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 and create a new culture that hasn't been seen since Pete Carroll or John McKay. I mean, give me a break. I mean, well, this is what USC is doing. And now, now you're going to start to see the wheels turn and guys are going to start leaving Oklahoma to come to follow him. 
and guys are going to stay in Cali and, and, and not go maybe to Alabama and stuff. So, you know, this- let, let's remember something, though. Lincoln Riley, for as good as he's done, hasn't won a national championship, hasn't got out of the semifinal. He didn't build the culture in Oklahoma. Bob Stoops built that culture, and he just took it over. Now he maintained it. Well, he had two Heisman Trophy winners there, too. Well, Heisman Trophy winners are nice. National you know, championships are what they expect at Oklahoma, though. Well, and, and, and you know, it's kind of like the same, you know, when they bring up the talk about, you know, Harbaugh. Harbaugh just put the uh, monkey across the street and, and, and batted it a few times with Ohio State. And now they keep bringing up, well, he hasn't beat Michigan State. Give me a break. Give the guy oh. some credit. He's going to be in the national championship against Alabama here in a month. I will, and I haven't, you know, I feel bad now that I've gone this far into the show and I haven't given you credit for being (laughs) one of the few to say Michigan will knock off Ohio State. I said Harbaugh would get beat and probably lose his job, and all of a sudden now he's, well, I'll tell you what, I I think he's going to lose to Iowa on Saturday, but we'll get into that later. Um, Great job. I got to congratulate you and Jim Harbaugh for getting the monkeys off your back. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and, 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 and you're, you've got that uh, saying like XM has, whatever Mancini picks, take the opposite. And I feel like I've been on a little bit of a roll. So when I feel like Harbaugh and I are joined at the hip here, man, the Wolverines are looking good. I'm excited for Saturday, man. Alabama crushing Georgia. And Larry Sorensen and me, probably in about 45 minutes here, maybe sooner. Going toe to toe, maybe in a fifteen rounder. I'm looking for my Panthers to take out the Deacon Demons. I might bet on Larry here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Depends on where we talk about the teams or you guys. I don't know. Anyway, you know what? I'm worried about. I'm glad to see Rick tonight, Rick Sherlock, because I'm afraid he might have emptied his 401 account in on Ohio State after you picked Michigan uh, last week. So I'm glad to see that didn't happen. Well, I'll tell you one thing: who's going to be the quickest to win a national championship? Lincoln Riley or uh, Kelly? I'll tell you right now. It's going to Kelly's be not winning Riley. a national championship at LSU. I'll predict that right now. You think he'll build one? No, he's, it's not happening at all. He's got nope. too much competition over there. Nope. I think Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma because he didn't want to go to the SEC. That's what I think. Well, he's yeah. got to clear. This is going to be interesting, the Lincoln Riley-Chip mm. Kelly games. You know, this is going to be really interesting, the Battle of Los Angeles. Because you know what? A lot of people don't like Chip Kelly. He wins a bowl game. He finishes 9-4, and four, man. I'll tell you, he's making progress, too. Yeah, well, he's got a better chance, I think, of getting to uh, a, a, a championship, well, even four-team championship, from the Pac-12 than he does in the SEC with Oklahoma. That's just my – he doesn't play any defense. This guy's – these guys, these young guys today don't coach defense. I don't know what's going on, but – Right. I mean, even 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 Michigan State, who I think was getting lauded for their defense early in the year, I mean, that, that team's defense was pathetic at the end of the year. And then we got the Fresno State coach, Bolton, for uh, up north of me. I can't quite figure that one out. I mean – uh, well, good luck uh, with that. Washington could have done worse. They did worse when they brought they you know they gave Lake the job. So yeah. What else do we Where, got? Where's Don James when you need him? Oh gosh, I got to tell you, I I think we talked about this, right? Don James, very underrated. Uh, we'll, we'll go yep. off topic here for a second. Very underrated NCAA coach. I mean, he coached a team in Washington, a national championship. He coached there for. 20 plus years. I have Skip Hall on my show. I think you've had him on some of your yeah, uh, yeah. radio podcasts. And 
what a great guy Skip is and how highly he speaks of Don James is amazing. And we don't see coaches like that around anymore. No, I'll tell you another underrated coach since you're on that subject. And I liked him dearly. Didn't get a lot of credit. A lot of people knew him, but just not a lot of credit. Hayden Fry when he was at Iowa. Yep, another guy. Couldn't win national championship, so he, that, yeah. that makes him, you know, not one of the top-tier coaches. But he had a long time there, and he built a program from scratch there, basically. Yeah, Hayden well, Fry. Before we go any further, let's bring in our next contestant on what the F is going on in college football coaching <laughs> ranks, Jim Barringer. Jim, baby! Move those devils out! Yo! What's up, everybody? How are we doing tonight? It's a great night to be alive. It's a great night to be a college football fan. Oh, my gosh, Jim. You and I have chatted a little bit through text as well with all the craziness going on all weekend. We've started talking about it a little bit. Let's just stay on the coaches for the moment. Um, we've got some talk. You know, we've had some comments that, you know, Lincoln Riley's move is as as lateral is a lateral move, possibly if at best. I agree. I don't think that's an upgrade for him. I really don't. Um, the fact that uh, Coach Kelly leaving Notre Dame, where he could have coached his entire career and made as much money as he'll make in the you know whatever he signed the ninety five million he signed for at LSU, he would have made it at Notre Dame, and he could win one national championship in the next fifteen years and be a be a god at Notre Dame, he'll get fired in three years without a national championship at LSU. Let's start there. Go ahead, yeah, Jim. It's crazy. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy because of, uh, you know, what's going on and everything. But, you know, the fact that Lincoln Riley leaves to go to USC, I agree, it's kind of a lateral move. And the fact of the matter is, you know, it's also a lateral move conference-wise because you could say that, that Big 12 and Pac-12 are pretty much on the same level, and the Pac-12 has kind of been irrelevant for a little while. Uh, it's starting to get momentum again. But the thing is, if Lincoln Riley does at USC what he did at Oklahoma, he'll just be a god there. And if he brings the national title back, they'll put a statue in front of, uh, in front of the Coliseum and everything. Well, Personally, right now, he's tied with, just an FYI, he's tied right now with Clay Helton for national championships. Yeah, so. zero. And he got blown out in the national semifinals, if I recall. Uh, you'll recall correctly. So, you know, that's <laughs> – so, again, what what do you make of this? I asked Mark uh, when, when he came in, and we'll get back to Mark here in a second. But what, what do you – and what do you make of this – I've never really seen this much, again, lateral movement, guys going from powerhouses to powerhouses. Usually you see teams, you know, guys stepping up the ladders. Right now I'm seeing guys at the Wake Forest level and and Dave Clawson signing extensions, Hugh Freeze at Liberty signing extensions. But you see guys like like Kelly and and Riley jumping from some of the best jobs in college football to uh, the same job somewhere else. I don't get it. well, I don't. Well, I, well, Lincoln Riley passed on uh, LSU to go to USC. Brian Kelly, I guess, is a glutton for punishment because he wants to continue to get bought by Nick Saban in Alabama every year because he just can't. Because you know they do that all the time when Notre Dame's in, in the playoff or in the, the the championship game. Saban knows how to do it. Uh, <laughs> and, but but the thing is, is like why. Like, to me, like, the you guys know, like, I know, and growing through, through college football, 
you're not going to see lifers anymore. You know, yeah. the next potential guy that could be a lifer is Luke Fickle. And I know his name is going out there for Notre Dame and all that stuff. I don't think unless – I think if he does leave, it's after Cincinnati takes care of business, if they get to the playoff, all that stuff. That's if he goes. I personally think he's going to stay at Cincinnati. Kelly and Riley could have been gods at both of those places. Could have been the next mm-hmm. Bowden and Paterno staying at those jobs. As Kelly especially because they haven't won a, won a national title. And if you go back to his comments, he said the fairy godmother needed to come around with, with more money. Well, I guess fair, the fairy godmother did come around because he got the money from LSU. So, I mean, she went bippity bippity boppity boot and all of a sudden $95 million just appeared. It's you know, ridiculous. This- it's crazy. Yeah, and it look it. It's the it's the uh, who believes that he didn't have any con, uh, contact with LSU before Saturday night? Please, I mean, you know, he obviously we go we all we all uh, you know get on Nick Saban when he was a Dolphins coach and kept saying I will not be coaching Alabama, and you know the next week he was coaching Alabama. But these coaches all lie right and left, and uh, I mean I don't know what they're supposed to do, but. You know, Mark, what what do you think? Let me ask Mark this first. Here's one of my bigger problems. We touched on this a few weeks ago, and we talked about guys leaving, how it affects recruiting. You got you. We haven't touched on this yet. Notre Dame still can be in the college football playoff if two teams lose in front of them on Saturday. Well, here, here, here's here's the here's Brian Kelly won't be there for that team, and that's well, just quitting on your your kids right but here, here's the big thing here and what, when i look at you know these ad's uh that are going after all these you know 15 minute fame type of guys i think of the nfl with the with the uh, quarterbacks that all these teams have drafted the jets the 49ers and the bears mm-hmm. and yet the jaguars and the, the patriots got it right with picking decade quarterbacks and you and i have talked about this before keith and when I look at somebody like Kelly and, and, and going down to LSU, let's not kid ourselves here. If I'm taking an LSU job, if I'm taking a Notre Dame job, <clears throat> I'm making sure I have a 10-year contract, $500 million, and I'm calling the shots. Because I know if I don't start winning, I'm going to be thrown, like I said earlier on the show, in the back of a pickup, and I'm going to be thrown in the swamp somewhere, and nobody's going to find me. That's how quick they'll turn on you down there. And, and, and that's what you're not seeing these days is unless you're a big name guy, fickle, fickle's good, but I'm not putting fickle in with, you know, Kelly right now, Harbaugh, uh, Lincoln Riley, Chip Davis, some of these guys are Chip Kelly, you know, Chip Davis and thinking of Chip Ahoy's here, but I'm telling you, I'm not putting him in there yet. I got to see more big wins out of these guys before I put them, but Saban is the bar. Saban's going to go anywhere and call his shot. He's not going past Alabama. But if you want a big-name guy, yeah. I'm going to need a 10-year contract. We've seen it in baseball. Look at Corey Seager. I understand that, but why can't we announce these things after the season's over? Why does it have to happen now when teams are in play? And Rick says that the guys on PTI and who aren't our friends, but that's all right. We'll put it up. You know, are saying Notre Dame's being going to be punished. Well, first of all, team's got to lose. I don't think they'll be punished if he leaves. But uh, hey, what do you well, think? To, to to that point, though, the 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 Barta did say that it is a factor going forward from the fact that 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 um, Brian Kelly isn't there anymore because they're not playing this weekend. They have no championship game. 
they're sitting idle and they're hoping for for chaos to happen to they get in. But we forget on the other end, Oklahoma could play in, is playing in a bowl game too, and they got to go back to Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. They got to keep Bob Stoops. Well, not and, only that, how about LSU? They're two years removed from a national championship, and they show Ed Orger on the door. Listen, give me a break. I mean, two years removed from a national title, you're showing him the door. You well, know, I, I look at Notre Dame, like I looked at USC. You know, these these schools to me, if you, they haven't they haven't been relevant to win a national title. When was the last time these schools won anything? I mean, when you look at Notre Dame, you know, when was the last time Notre Dame won a national title? You know, I you know here here's another topic on the same topic, but you know, I keep reading LSU is one of the best five jobs in the country, and I don't know when that happened because I don't remember LSU winning you know ten national championships in the last thirty years. It's a good job, but is it one of the best five jobs in the country? When you talk about Notre Dame, to me, has got to be there. USC's got to be there. The, the Alabama, issue, Georgia. The- the issue is with Notre Dame is is this is the one thing I've been hearing out of this is that Brian Kelly tried to change the culture there and tried to change standards and everything. But again, it's you know we need to have it a certain way. Guys got to study a certain way. That's how they got to be on the team. We have to go after these players. This is that fit our culture, all that stuff. And he couldn't really get the control he wanted. He'll have that down at LSU. LSU didn't start winning national championships till Nick Saban got Nick there Saban. when he Nick won. And, right. and, and, and winning championships cures everything. Look, I think Brian Kelly looked at it this way. He's like, well, if Ed Ogeron can win a national title there, I can win a national title. And he's going to be able to recruit down there. I mean, Notre Dame is still when, – when he was there, Notre Dame was having great recruiting classes. So well, it's not like he can't recruit – the big thing is for me is is that you now you're going to be compared every year to what Alabama does and what Nick Saban does, and that game's going to matter. You know, uh, here's the thing: he's going to win. He'll win if Joe Burrow and Joe Brady walk through that clubhouse uh, yeah. door uh, next year when they start training. Unless that happens, he's not beating Alabama, and he's not beating yeah. Georgia. I'm telling you. No. Well, and not only that, when you look at these guys uh, like Kelly, they put this guy in a pedestal, but they vilify, you know, Harbaugh. They 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 put up Smart on a on a pedestal, and they you know vilify uh, you know uh, a guy like uh, you know Chip Kelly here. And 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 let's let's face it, you know, all I kept hearing is, you know, Michigan and against Ohio State, they couldn't beat these guys and all that. He gets the monkey off his back, but let's look at Georgia here. Georgia can't beat Alabama. And and, and and yet they're they're talking about Georgia. You listen to these prognosticators, and it's like they're telling me what, what's gonna happen. Oh, yeah, Georgia will steamroll Alabama. What, what are you looking at here? You're looking at a, a well, team that's number one that hasn't been threatened now, and they they still can't not beat Alabama. And 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 good luck to beating Alabama Saturday. And Brian Kelly's going to find out real fast that well, he might be out of a job well, in three years since, at LSU. Hold on a second, Jim. So since when Mark went there, we'll kind of pivot from yeah. the coaches to the games now. And we'll start with, with Alabama and Georgia. Alabama's very fortunate to even be in this game because if it wasn't for a non-call on a push-off in the end zone, they don't beat Auburn 
and they they are not even. I don't think they're coming within two touchdowns as Georgia team on Saturday. No, Georgia's ahead, been man. able to beat teams by fourteen points consistently all year. I understand Alabama has been tested a little bit more, but that defense is horrible. This is the worst defense under Nick Saban since Saban's been there. And 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 if and if they show up like they did against Arkansas, like Florida last week, they will not make it out of the first half. Right, and Georgia not winning two, and and Georgia not winning two championships ever. Carlos is not relevant to this game Saturday, any way, shape, or form. Georgia, Georgia is the. How many times did we hear when Alabama was number one undefeated? They were the best team coming into this game, and and the other team pushed them. Georgia is clearly the best team in the SEC title game. Will Alabama push them? Sure, but that defense better play a heck of a lot better than it has been. Or else this game is over in the first half. Georgia has way too many weapons. Their defense is way is so much better. And regardless of the outcome, Georgia's going to the playoff. So it but right. if they beat Alabama, Alabama's not going to the playoff. And, and, and Georgia's not going to lay down here because they're in no matter what. That's for sure, right? It's not going to no, happen. Exactly. They're going to come out and play. And they're going to and Kirby Smart's going to want to get the victory over his, you know, a, a, over his coach that he used to coach for. So he's got, he has that on his monkey on his back too. And the way the football season's been this year, I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia finally gets the monkey off their back. I will tell you something else. If Alabama loses this game, even and, and if they play it close, right? Let's just say they play him close and they end up with two losses and Notre Dame. And let's just say Oklahoma state would have to lose as well. So let's just say that Baylor beats Oklahoma state. Certainly plausible. Alabama loses close to Georgia. Notre Dame has got to be in the in the top four. They have to be. And I keep reading a, a two two loss Alabama team still going to go in over Notre Dame. No, uh, how they you have do. to put you have to put Notre Dame in over a two loss Alabama team. Uh, you what you're the, so where's Alabama going to be four? You can't have the rematch again. They just played. It would, it, I think it would be a disaster for well, college football, disaster for the rate. You know, we talk about ratings and money. I don't think people want to see Georgia and Alabama play two weeks in a row. Well, well here's the thing. I think I think when you look at it, everybody gets a scare. We look, we saw this in college basketball when UCLA was on their way to winning a national title, I think in 95. Missouri put a scare in them and then tie set and he hit that shot to catapult them. I think what you saw last week is Alabama got a scare. They know what's at stake. They've been here before. And I, I think, you know, Saban, <clears throat> you know, he knows how to beat his his, his fellow boys there. I well, think he's only had one loss, and that was to uh, Fisher, I believe. So when you when you look at this scenario, I think, you know, I, I, I'm still sticking with Alabama. Now, as far as this, you know, two loss teams, this is what I hate about college football, guys. Never I, don't, I don't like this. I, I really don't like this because I think these, these these boosters and everything got their say in it. And I don't know how the hell Ohio State doesn't drop out of the top 10. They got two losses. Pitt has two losses. Pitt's sitting there at 17. They couldn't even move up. And here Ohio State's playing 10, you know, notches better than them. I think you need a, a playoff system. You need it bad. You need it fast. And we need it to get it like college basketball. That way all this crap goes by the wayside. Somebody can come out of nowhere and take you out. That's what we need in college football. So we're not over here focusing. Then then we'll get down to 13 and 14 thinking they should be in the top 12. That's BS. Top right, and we can't get on the same page. Going. 
And we can't get on the same page there because, you know, Notre Dame and the SEC wants one thing and the rest of the, the college football uh, and, and the programs want something else. Yeah, and so. they don't want – and the Power Five is hard, is trying to agree on whether or not they get automatic bids and, and that stops. But to me, you know, uh, you were saying that, you know, about Alabama getting a scare. Well, what what's the excuse and, what, and what's the reasoning for their bad play against Florida in the second half, Arkansas, a bunch of games this year? How about Auburn finished? in the first half? Auburn in the yeah, first half. Auburn yeah, in the but first you, half, too. This is not I a mean, good Alabama team. This is not well, a good Alabama team. This here, is not his best thing. team. Well, here, here's the thing. When you look at when this thing was set, the final four, Alabama's only been out of it once, and that's a hell of a streak, guys. And I think when when you're you're gonna hit a hit cup along the line, like Tom Brady hit one, you know, against the New York Giants. If, if he he if that doesn't happen to him, he's got eight Super Bowls. So you know, but when I look at Alabama, they've only been out of this thing once since they've uh, uh, created this, and they'll always be there every year, year in and year out. The SEC by far is the bar. And, you know, when you look at Notre Dame and all these other teams, they're getting fat on all these navies and all these other schools they're, they're beating up. And I don't think it's fair when you look at it. That's why I think you need a, a, a format in place. And, and you know, another thing, and, and you and I have talked about this, Keith, get rid if you want to be a top 10 team, you need to play a top 10 schedule. I don't want to see these, these bottom feeders playing, you know, uh, USC or somebody or USC whacking, you know, uh, the University of Pacific or Bowling Green putting on the schedule. Keep all those schools. I know they're contributing money and everything. You want to be a top 10 schedule. You want to get my attention. I need to see USC playing in LSU, Alabama playing, you know, a yeah. Michigan or something. That'll yeah. get the attention, guys. Right. Let, so let's go back to these rankings one more time. Let's make another assumption. Let's assume that Alabama beats Georgia. And Georgia's in no matter what. We know that. So now you got Alabama and Georgia are in, right? And let's uh, and Michigan wins. We got to assume Michigan. Let's assume Michigan wins for the sake of this argument. And Cincinnati wins. But Oklahoma State blows out Baylor. I think there's a better than 50-50 chance Oklahoma State jumps Cincinnati and Cincinnati's left out. Oh, of sure. The, sure. Depends on how Cincinnati wins the game. Yeah, well, I think they should just have to win to get in myself. But Personally, I agree. I think Cincinnati, if they win, they're in regardless of what happens. Though I do think style points is going to matter. But you and I both talked about this going to SMU game. That The Cincinnati team steps up when the games matter the most. So I wouldn't be shocked. I know Houston's a good team. They won 11 in a row. Don't be surprised that Cincinnati plays their best game of the season this Saturday against against Houston. I would not be shocked about it. But if Oklahoma State wins, it's going to come down to the conference. It's going to come down to everything. But it's all if Alabama does win, it's also now going to become down to ranking. Where would you rank Michigan? Are you going to keep Alabama at three? Do they go to one and Georgia drops to three? Like, it's going to be interesting because of where, like, everything comes out because you can't have Georgia and Alabama have a rematch if Alabama wins. I'm almost at the point where I want to root for total chaos here, right? Georgia beats Alabama. Michigan gets beat by Iowa. Cincinnati loses to Houston. Oklahoma State loses to Baylor. And now what? Well, here's then, the then Ohio State gets in. 
Oh, Hell State gets in. Maybe Ole Miss gets in. Who the heck knows what'll happen for crying out? Well, we, we we saw we saw how these 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 boosters run this whole committee here. The NCAA. Taylor mentioned Penn. Yeah, they 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 love teams that travel, and we saw Notre Dame and Ohio State uh, brought to this dance uh, uh, last year when I think it was what was Coastal Carolina was kept out, or one of these schools, or Cincinnati, or whatever. Cincinnati, to me, not a big name. Uh, you know, you, you can't keep Oklahoma State out, considering they beat Oklahoma. Now they beat Baylor in the title game. They're not going to keep Oklahoma State out. They're going to bring them to the dance. It's a big name. Uh, I, I got to see more of Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati's been, you know, having a nice little run here. But can Cincinnati keep up with Alabama? Can they keep up with Georgia? Can they keep up with Michigan? They better that's, focus that's, on keeping up with Houston on, on Saturday. Keep, yeah, exactly. They better be good keeping Houston up with Houston. Team. And, and who would just up the points thing? Look, style points has been college football since BCS, since all these rankings. Yep. The issue with style points is it's for Cincinnati and Cincinnati only. If they were playing in a different conference, it wouldn't matter. But because they're in the American and because – ESPN and a college football committee don't want them there. It has to be style points. However, if Michigan or Alabama lose, especially if Alabama loses and, and Cincinnati wins, they're in. And to go back to your point about San Diego State plays in the Mountain West, no one cares about I don't think that. San Diego State's jumping from 19 to 4 there, no. Kenny. I'm not sure. But. <laughs> but but you said if Oklahoma State wins. The problem is, is where Baylor's ranked. Baylor dropped in the ranking. So they, the committee does not value uh, value Baylor that much in this game heading in. So if Oklahoma State wins, I'm still putting. I still think they put Cincinnati in because, like you've said before, they're at four now. It'll be hard to take them out. Well, how about Notre Dame sitting there at number six? And the first thing I got to say is, what's the level of competition they're playing? I mean, everybody's looking at wins and losses mm. here, but I want to see the level. I mean, you're smashing these navies and Stanford's and all this. I mean, this is not the level of the SEC. This year, there's years where this there's years where Notre Dame's schedule is very, very, very good compared to any league schedule. These teams are on a downside right now, but there's again, I know we're looking at this year, but you know, Notre Dame, as long as they don't join a league, has got to schedule what they can schedule, and they they schedule a very representative. Uh, they have a very representative schedule when those teams are good. And there's this is one of those years where almost everybody played is down. That's well, you you, you know what, Keith? If, you, if they ever do it the way I would like to see it, a top 10 team playing a top 10 schedule, I think you'd have you, – you'd see the, 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 the men separate from the boys real fast. The Georgias would be there. The Alabamas would be there. Then you start to get into some of these other ones – I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that I, I'd like to see where Notre Dame and Ohio State would fit in this equation. Could they take a top 10 schedule? Because, you know, for years, Ohio State would come out here for the Rose Bowl, run roughshod through their conference, and then get whacked by a, a Washington or yeah. a USC or a UCLA. So, you know, you start playing this type of schedule, I want to see what these guys would be ready, you know, really made out of. I want to see the boys separated from the men. That's why I want a top 10 schedule. Well, let's get down to brass tacks. Before I do that, I do want to welcome another Perfite joining our show tonight. As Rick Sherlock says, hi, Tim. I can't see it, Tim, so you're on one of the 
one of the platforms that I'm not seeing the comments from, so I apologize if you're commenting, but I want to welcome another Perthite. Man, this is, you know, this can become the Perth uh, High School uh, reunion show here. But anyway, you guys are going to be honorary members. Let's get down to brass tacks. We got conference championships games this weekend, and I want to know who's going to come out of these games. And I want your final four. And here's mine. I'll give you mine first. Georgia beats Alabama. Bama's out. Michigan gets beat by gets beat by Iowa. Cincinnati wins. They're in. Oklahoma State wins. They're in. Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame are your final four. Go, Jim Beringer. You get the last word tonight, uh, Mark. Uh, all right. So for me, championship uh, weekend. Uh, if we're, and we're going to start on Friday for me. I think Utah is going to win the rematch. I think they're going to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, I like I like them going there. So whoever whoever they're going to face at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I do like Iowa to keep this game close against Michigan. Though I think Michigan will fi- figure out a way to squeak it out and win. So that means they're in. Georgia will beat Alabama. They're in. Cincinnati's winning. That means they're in. And I see Oklahoma State winning the Big 12, so that would put them in the, the Final Four as well. Over Alabama. Yep, because Alabama okay. loses. All right, Mark. Well, I like I like Oregon to beat Utah. I think Oregon would play, you know, and, and let, let's face it, guys, I was playing on house money here. Uh, you know, even if they lose, they're going, I believe, to the Rose Bowl to play uh, – the winner of that uh, Utah Oregon, so I think it's going to you know be Oregon and you know Iowa in the Rose Bowl. I think when you look at it, I think Oklahoma State beats Baylor. You, you got to bring them into the equation uh, because uh, even if Cincinnati wins by beating Oklahoma and, and Baylor back to back weeks, that's going to elevate the, uh, the the Cowboys into the into the, the final four. <laughs> I, I, I like uh, Alabama over Georgia until Georgia can beat them. I'm, I'm hanging my hat on Alabama, and, and I like the way – I don't think Alabama is going to be kept out of the Final Four. They got just too much going for them. They're like the New England Patriots of football. They will be there. Uh, when you, you start to look at this thing from another thing, I think uh, Michigan will beat Iowa. They know what's at stake. You know, they're going to get – you know, their, their celebration's intact and know what's at hand and beat Iowa. And then I'm looking forward to Saturday night when Pittsburgh takes out Wake Forest. And, man, I'll tell you. That should be Kenny a good game. That will be a late, late. Trophy oh. winner, baby. You know, Kenny Pickett's not winning the Heisman Trophy. Sorry. I think Heisman Pickett's Trophy's coming Heisman to Trophy Pittsburgh. last Saturday night myself. I mean, it would be nice to see Kenny. It. I I, it'd be nice to see it, but I, I just don't I, – I don't think he's going to win it. We'll, we'll get a chance uh, next week or probably the week – I guess the week after we'll get a chance. We'll make our Heisman predictions, but I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i predict now right this second, and the votes won't be in yet. Some votes are coming in now, but I think Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy, but that touchdown drive, 98 yards probably. against all of them. So. He, probably, he probably did win the Heisman Trophy. But, I, yeah, I mean, Saturday night, the game is going to be really good between Pittsburgh and, and, and Wake Forest. That should be a doozy as well. Um, but, like you said, but, Keith, you mentioned it. You know, Iowa's a good team. I mean, you know, you know they're in here for a reason. If 
imagine if Wisconsin had won. People would be saying, you know, Wisconsin could pull the upset. And there's a good possibility Iowa could. You know, they could come out strong because Michigan is, you know, still, you know, um, celebrating a little bit too hard, finally getting them up on their back against Ohio State. That's my thought. They played their Super Bowl. I'll mix my leagues up, but they played their Super Bowl last week, I'm afraid, and they may not have a lot left in the tank here this weekend. That's why yeah, I think I mean, it could I, happen. I was well coached. I, I love Kirk Frentz, much like Hayden Fry. Kirk Frentz doesn't get the credit that he deserves uh, for longevity and, and what he's done with that program over the years. No yeah, national championships. You know, he yeah, well, it's a good Iowa team. Very good. Very good. Well, it's, it's uh, kind of like I say about it, you know, and I've talked this to before with you, Keith. You know, show me a quarterback that's lasted in the NFL. Uh, with uh, that's come out of Ohio State. I mean, look at look at the the, the guy that's with the Bears now. He's a he's a you know uh, a flash in the pan. Uh, Justin Fields. You know, uh, you look around here. Let me tell you something about Saban, man. Dropping quarterbacks in the NFL. You go back to Tua. You look at Mac Jones. You look at Jalen Hurts. You look at McCarron. I mean, I I like the development of quarterbacks that come out of Alabama more so than across the board and. You know, Clemson's right there, too, with Lawrence. You know, when you got Burrow that came out of LSU. But show me another program that's developed quarterbacks. I know Notre Dame had it in the day, but the USC guys have all been flashes in the pan, too. There's only – Michigan's the only one that matters. There's only one quarterback that matters. We know that. <laughs> we all yeah, but, you know, Mark, but, Mark, I agree with you. The way Alabama's turning out quarterbacks right now, it's a factory down there. And they're, they're doing it the right way. And also, look at the where these guys went to. I mean, Tua went to Miami's good situation. Jalen to Philadelphia, that was a solid pick. And the back Jones is the best out of all of them where he went to New England. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation for where Mac Jones went. So, But look, you know what? It, it's going to be a fun weekend. Championship weekend always is, is a, a great weekend. And we'll find out who's, go, who's in and who's out on Sunday. Well, okay. we'll, we'll know Saturday. Before we say, uh, I'm gonna we're gonna do our uh, we're gonna do our don't be surprises, but I'll put this up for Jim again. Apparently, Amanda thinks all he cares about is Cincinnati getting in, and Billy did notice. I you mean, have a new hat. You have a new hat tonight. I do. I, I change, I'm changing up, but I will say I would like Cincinnati to get in just because it's something different. I do and, too. And the way and the way Luke Fickle's been coaching this team, the way these players are playing this year, and I would just like to see it. Like, we all talk about – I think about this the other day in sports. Like, Mark referenced March Madness and college basketball. We like to see the upsets early, but we also want to see when it comes down to the final Agreed. four teams, we want to see the established team there. But you know what? Cincinnati has established themselves as a team that can compete with these teams. And, you know, are they on the same level as these other teams? Well, to me, after their performance last year against Georgia, they are, despite the loss. Do they have to win? Does it have to be a Boise State type thing over Ohio State? No. But the fact that they kept the game closed, were competitive, had chances to win, to me tells me they could play with anybody in the country. Well, I'm excited to see in a game that matters because Carlos will tell us that game didn't matter. Georgia didn't care, and we'll find out for real in a few weeks, I think. So that, that's what I'm uh, looking to be, forward to. Georgia didn't care. To me, it looked like they cared in that game. It, well... <laughs> They're going to get championship recognition if they win Saturday, uh, Carlos. I mean, well, we'll talk about that Friday, Carlos, I guarantee you. Yeah. Well, so listen. To, to be fair, to, to be fair, Cincinnati's better team. 
team than UCF was. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Listen, give me. Uh, so we'll still do our little uh, dead solid uh, lock, and you don't be surprised this, even though we did a few picks right now. Go ahead, and I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, too bad Larry isn't here, but my lock is Pitt's going down to Carolina there, and they're going to get the ACC championship. They know what's at stake. And boy, bring it back to the bird. Bring that championship belt back to the bird. Well, if that's if you, the lock. What's and your don't surprise? Be surprised. Don't be surprised if my Steelers <laughs> get Steelers. to the Super Bowl. Where the heck are you? <laughs> Jesus. No more drinking for this show. Jeez, no more, no more drinking for this guy. No more drinking for this show. Drink after the show. Jesus. And Jim, give me your lock in yours. Don't be surprised, dude. Uh, my lock, I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to stay away from the normal games. Uh, the conference is going to the Mountain West. I like San Diego State to win the Mountain West, my lock. Kenny, uh, ah, I like, like San Diego State. I, I, go, I go out to San Diego State. Shout out to my buddy Adam who lives out in San Diego. I went there. Uh, so I want to go go out to the Mountain West, go off the board a bit. But I want to see – my don't be surprised if game – is going to be, I'm going to stay with the Big Ten. I said it before, I'll say it again. Don't be surprised if Iowa keeps this a close game and Michigan has to squeak this one out. Good call, good call. I will go with Georgia by two touchdowns over Alabama is my lock. And I will say Iowa beats Michigan in that Big Ten championship game. Not stays close, beats them, beats them. Taking the two teams that I'm saying are going to compete for the national title. All right. So anyway, guys, I appreciate you being in today. Mark, if you want to, if you want to batter Larry Sorensen for, for two seconds, if you got it before you got to run to do your other show. I got got about two minutes. And we'll uh, Jim, I'm going to let you go and we'll see you. We'll we'll talk about Sunday, but uh, thanks for coming in tonight. I love you. I love love Jim. Yeah, I should be. I should be good stuff back there, baby. No, Mm -mm. no way. (laughs) That was all the way, baby. And I should be Wrong. good for Sunday. We'll talk. But Wrong it's show unless I got Larry now doing color for, for the uh, Carolina or somebody. Uh, I don't know who's down there. Carolina Hurricane. Carolina Hurricane. Thank you. Thanks for coming in tonight. Uh, and good luck with those picks. Thanks, guys. You too. Always a pleasure. Have a good night. Have a great Love night. Love you, brother. Mark, I don't know how long you got, but since we got this big pit Wake Forest matchup, and I know uh, how much you wanted to say hello to Larry tonight, let me bring in. Wake Forest color commentator, Wake Forest, who's playing for the ACC championship this weekend against those Pitt Panthers. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing outstanding, Keith. How are you tonight? Mark, good to see you. Always a pleasure, my friend. You know I love you. I just don't love you Saturday night at 8 o'clock your time out there. <laughs> Mark insisted on staying an extra two minutes. Uh, I know he's got to go produce another show, but uh, he wanted he wanted to get to say his piece uh, for Pittsburgh against Wake Forest this weekend. First time in forty years we win ten games. Man, that's a lot of decades waiting for Pitt to do something. And I think they go down to uh, the Carolinas and they get that ACC championship. They bring that championship belt back to the Berg, hang it up there with the 76 Panthers and everything, Marino and Dorsett. We got the Heisman Trophy winner, Pinkett coming, man. I love it, man. Proud to be black and gold. 
<laughs> wow, the cold is getting to you up there in the Somebody's north. Somebody's gonna save you know, the Steel City. The, you know, the weird part is he's he's living in LA for crying out loud. He's not even in Pittsburgh. For, you know, I mean the man's I don't know. The whole the whole city of that Los Angeles is looking is it looking out for him, trying to hang him from the the highest yeah, uh, I gotta, you, building. You know, when I drive mind. around town, I gotta look like the unknown comic. I'm the most hated guy because I call a city a bridesmaid city. The groom keeps leaving the bride at the, the altar, man. What's going on with these teams out here? The Dodgers, the Rams, everything. And now USC opens up their wallet and brings in a big prize like Lincoln Riley, man. Boy, I'll tell you what. I think of John McKay, I think of Pete Carroll, and now I think of Lincoln Riley. You know, before we mark, yeah, I know you got to go. Before we jump into the Wake Forest stuff, real quick, what are your thoughts on this? I'm I'm not used to seeing this type of lateral movement with power teams. You know, power. Uh, coaches from power teams going to other power teams like Riley, like Kelly. And then guys like we talked about Dave Clawson last week, right? He's mentioned for all these jobs and he's going to sign an extension to stay awake for us. It's a weird dynamic, isn't it? It is very odd. And uh, Dave Clawson addressed it yesterday at his press conference. And then again, off the record a little bit, but what he said at his press conference was it's awful. And it's a bad thing for college football. Yeah. He, said, he said it very publicly and he said it for a while. And it's all because of the early signing date. Because in December, you can sign kids and it's putting pressure on uh, team yeah. schools to fire their coaches partway through the season, sometimes with winning records. Yeah. But they have to make a decision. And they've got to let the kids know who their coach is going to be, and it's getting earlier and earlier, and it's bad for the game. And my, my biggest concern is you're telling a 21-year-old kid that, you know, I got you to come to our school, and now what I'm saying is we're not working towards a championship as a team. I'm taking care of me. Yeah, you know, we talked about this. Uh, to me, it, there's a ripple effect here, right? And we talked about it last week with the transfer portal. The transfer portal is going to start exploding with all this stuff happening, correct? Yeah, already has. Uh, Oklahoma had a commit that was a five-star quarterback from Southern California, coincidentally. Coincidentally. He committed the day after uh, he he agreed to go out there. So it has really changed the landscape. And You know, you, you like to say that you're keeping up with the changes and you try to progress along with the game. This is a bad thing for the sport. I agree. I agree. I, I, I've never seen anything like this last uh, – this, this cycle is just unbelievable what's happening in my mind. And you got guys, but then again, you know, you got the big coaches that we just talked about, but you got the guys who have been mentioned for jobs like like uh, Dave Clawson, like Hugh Freeze, like uh, 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 the coach from uh, Texas San Antonio's name's escaping me now, uh, all signing extensions to stay at their schools. Well, and to be honest with you, you know, it happened shortly after Clawson had agreed to his uh, to his extension. He agreed on Friday night, told the team on Friday night. It actually had started during the bye week. Uh, but on Saturday morning's day games, Dave Clawson always runs with the team doctor, goes for a jog. And uh, Stan Cotton, my broadcast partner, Dave Gorin, our sideline guy, and myself, always sit in the lobby, you know, talking to people and seeing people, the players, as they come by, trying for any last-minute information we can get. And Clawson always comes by and spends a few minutes with us. And uh, he was joking about the extension and everything else. And he'd have been a perfect guy for the Notre Dame job. I mean, that that job is perfectly suited for him. But he's very happy in Wake Forest. He's found a great niche. He's got a perfect situation. I think that as much as any coach in college football, he is suited for that kind of a job 
and uh, the the Wake Forest family is, is thrilled to have him there for a little while longer. Yeah, I think as you should be. I think, and you mentioned Notre Dame, and I think the culture there is very is similar, and he would have fit perfectly in that in that uh, Notre Dame job too, including being a very practicing Catholic. As a matter yeah. of fact, well, there you go, all the way, yeah. all the way to all the way to all the way to that uh, right additional side point. So, Mark, you, Mark, how are you doing? You got to run, bud. Well, I'm, I'm going to be ready to wrap it up, and I hate to leave because I can go toe-to-toe here for another hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. <laughs> but, Larry, I want to tell you, the scenery down there in the south is great. They call them Southern Bells, but I'm coming down there to pick up that championship belt Saturday night. Bring it back to the I bird. muted him for a second. Put it next to the Roberto Clemente Bridge. You know, you you just try to get some sleep out there because you're you're really chirping at it tonight. I'll tell you what, it, it's interesting, Mark, because this area is really Pittsburgh South. My wife is from Pittsburgh, yeah. so I I get Steelers and Pirates till the cows come home down here. But but you look at the license plates and and the uh, car bumper stickers and the flags and everything else, and man, this is this is the Steel City South down here. So, but not well, this weekend, my friend. Well, I'll tell you the thing, before I go, I just started a Philly show on Thursdays, and I didn't know where Philly was because I thought the East Coast stopped after Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, folks. Let me take it back to the Berg. Quick side note for you, I was a Philly for a very brief moment. I was a Portland Beaver at one point in time in the Phillies organization. There you go. I'm going to get you on there. This is the show that's sweeping the country. I love you both. Keep doing a great job, man. We got to talk soon. I can't wait to get in here next week. Somebody's going to come back a winner, and somebody's going to come back with Kleenex. I'll you show you what here. the rings look like. You'll be, <laughs> we'll be hiding from another part of the country after this game, Mark. <laughs> we'll see you later. Thanks for coming, Have a Mark. Bye bye. All right, Larry. Let's get back to reality here. <laughs> nice win for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons last week with. BC, not unexpected, and it sets up this huge game. What do you take away from last week's game? Is there anything uh, any, they come away with any major injuries or anything we need to worry about this weekend? No, and in fact, they're probably as healthy as they've been just about at any time all year. You know, when they when they opened the season up at the ACC meetings, Dave Clawson got up, and the first thing he said was, "I've lost my starting uh, wide receiver." Donovan Green, I've lost my starting right tackle, and I've lost my second string who gets a lot of playing time, uh, middle linebacker, and that was the way he started the season off. And they went through the normal bumps and grinds that every team goes through, but this week are amazingly healthy. I've had some people come back, and fingers crossed some guys that even didn't play last week will be back in time for the championship game. And, of course, if you can't roll out of bed for the championship game, you better start thinking about the line of work that you're in. Yeah, uh, but it, it's going to be it should be a terrific football game. A lot of points. You know, they're saying first team to 40 wins because it's both teams are averaging. And here's a here's a note for you. Wake Forest this year has scored 515 total points. Pittsburgh has scored 514 total points. I was thinking 40 at halftime for each one of these teams. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 and that brings, you know, Carlos asked a question, and you just talked about a couple, like uh, some defensive guys getting healthier. So maybe the Wake defense can play a bit better, and this game won't go into the fifties. Yeah, I, they did last weekend against uh, against Boston College, and and the approach that they took in Boston College was very businesslike, much less emotional than they had been at Clemson and at uh, against uh, NC State 
and they got the win against NC State, lost to Clemson. But I think that they found you've got to separate that emotion from the business at hand a little bit. The defense yeah. has been up and down. They've been very, very good some games against Virginia, against uh, Brennan Armstrong. You know, they were they were terrific against Armstrong, and they struggled in a lot of other games. They struggled mightily against Army. But they won't see a triple option with uh, with Pickett back there yeah. either, you know. They're, you don't they're see anything close more, to that. <laughs> you know, it, they're either going to pass or they're going to hand off. And so that narrows that narrows those options a little bit. So it's it's which team is going to show up, and that's what that's what they're waiting to see. Yeah, and Alan says, and Alan, thanks for coming in. I think Alan's a new viewer, so we appreciate you. And some of your other comments I might get to uh, later, Alan, after we talk with Larry, because uh, we talked about some of that stuff earlier, but we can repeat it. Uh, but Alan makes a great point that you know this is. And we, you and I, have talked about this. It isn't all about winning national championships. That's great. But for schools like Wake Forest, this is exciting for this team to come out of nowhere. And he mentions Ala Kansas in 2007. Not, I mean, not a great comparison because Kansas usually is horrible and Wake Forest isn't on that level of, uh, of bad ever that I can remember. Well, they've gone through their stretches, no question about that. Uh, the, the interesting thing about Wake Forest, and when you, you know, when you think about North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, you think about North Carolina, you think about North Carolina State, and in, in actuality, Wake Forest has a better record for the last 21 years in this century. And, and they've done a, they've been to, yeah. they were at the championship game in 2006 and, uh, and, and won the championship and North Carolina, North Carolina state haven't done that since 80 and 79. So, you know, Wake Forest really has had more success recently. As far as that goes, they haven't been consistent. I think that now with Dave Clawson and, and the program he's put in, with the new facilities they've got, they've, they've spent nearly $200 million in facilities on campus and just got a pledge for another $20 million from one of their very generous donors to build a new football locker room on campus. And so their facilities probably are the second best in the conference behind Clemson right now. Now, the other teams are catching up, and and five years from now, they'll be fifth in the conference, obviously. Right. But, and but for right now... They can they can bring a kid on campus and say, look where you get to go every day when you go to practice. And that's the stuff that matters today, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. in recruiting more than anything. I mean, if you at UCF is going to the Big 12 simply because they got some of the best facilities in the Southeast, you know, over some of the powers down there. So Yeah, it uh, you know, the kids like to see that. They like to see how many videos you put out on Instagram every day. Yeah. You know? and so Wake yeah. Forest has spent a lot of time building up that department. And John Curry came in uh, as athletic director a couple of years ago to replace Ron Wellman. And, uh, and he took a little bit more modernistic approach to things and saw the changing landscape and, and, and has really improved some departments and made some changes. And the kids look at the glitz and the glamour and who's our shoe contract with and, right. and everything else. And Wake Forest with Dave Clawson and the rebuilding history that he's had with programs has done exactly what he did at Bowling Green and Fordham and Richmond and several other places. You know, this game uh, uh, Saturday is going to get billed as, you know, Hartman against Pittman. But, I mean, obviously they don't play against each other, which is always crazy when I hear quarterbacks playing against each other because I don't remember them any of either, ever lining up against right. one another. But they are two of the best players in the country. Uh, Pittman could be the finalist for the for the Heisman and get the invite. I don't think Hartman's going to quite get there, but who would we look for if there's somebody besides these two guys that's going to step up in this game and maybe be a deciding factor? Who can we look for? Well, you know, you have to look to the receivers right away, and Wake Forest does it a little bit differently 
than uh, than Pittsburgh does. Wake Forest has a group of three guys that are really very, very good. Taylor Morin on the outside in the uh, slot sometimes and outside sometimes can do both. is is a youngster and he he'll return punts and kickoffs as well. And he's he's fearless. You know, he's a guy that, depending on weather conditions, can make a big difference catching punts. You know, that's an important thing. And uh, Ja'Cory Roberson was all ACC last year. And when Donovan Green, the number one receiver, went down, Ja'Cory Roberson stepped right in and had a terrific year, but has used, been used a little bit as a decoy too. And A.T. Perry is the one that has really come out of nowhere for Wake Forest. Got 13 touchdown receptions this year, 6'5", about 210, 215 pounds, and uh, has turned into a terrific receiver for Wake, for Wake Forest as well. He's been a touchdown machine guy that can win some jump balls and uh, do a lot of different things. Uh, Carlos is uh, saying the, uh, the Wake really needs to get the Wake the running game going to to control this game. It hasn't been their their forte. How's the running game? I know they were banged up there for a while. Well, you know that's interesting, and all the running backs should be back. But uh, when you look at the at who they lost again, you talk about people lost. Kenneth Walker the third goes up to uh, Michigan State, and he was. The, he was the number two guy in the Wake Forest offense behind Christian Beal Smith. Now, the reason he did it is because he wanted to go and get 20 to 25 carries a game, and he wasn't going to get that at Wake Forest. Clawson believes you develop three running backs. You have all of them that can compete as your number one guy, and to do that, you have to give them equal amounts of carries. So he's got three guys that average between 13 and 17 carries per game, and, uh, and he uses them all. They rotate right through them. And you see who's got the hot hand, but you won't see one guy getting 30 carries in a game ever with the offense that they run. What Pitt, uh, interestingly enough, uses multiple backs as well. You know, there's yeah. not really one guy that carries the load. So they're a little bit more similar that way. Uh, uh, Pickett is much more of a drop-back quarterback, pro-style quarterback, be a very high draft pick. Stayed around for his last year, which is really interesting. Stayed around for an extra year. And I think it jumped him probably four or five rounds in the draft. And we're hoping that Sam Hartman sees that uh, pattern and follows the same thing because he has two years of eligibility left at Wake Forest. I think he'd be smart. You know, you look at the NFL situation anyway with quarterbacks, he'd probably be start to, smart to stick around a, another year at least, right? Um, I, you know, I think, that, I think that he has shown that he can compete in the NFL. I think another year would do him well yeah, at for this sure. level. For sure. Uh, again, back to, to Saturday's game. I mean, <laughs> Pittman, you can't stop. Uh, uh, Pittman, what else can the defense do to slow this Pittsburgh offense down? To, you know, so that again, they don't have to score 60 points to win this game. Well, I don't think Pickett likes to throw on the run quite as much as Sam Hartman. <laughs> well, you know, with Pittman and with Pickett and uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah. and how guys, that's why they can't Sam's and <laughs> hey, the ACC, when you look at their quarterbacks top to bottom, they've probably got eight guys that, that could play at just about any school in the country. It's yeah. the deepest conference quarterback-wise in the country easily, yeah. in my opinion. And, well, actually, in everybody's opinion. Um, but I don't think that Pickett likes to throw on the run quite as much as Sam Hartman does. So if Wake can put some pressure on him and flush him out of the pocket a little bit, you know, maybe you get that turnover and – Turnovers are a huge part of the Wake Forest game. Always have been. Under yeah. Dave, and he's got the numbers to back it up. Clawson always has numbers to back up what he says. And he's done the studies on it. 
And he and he said again at practice today, he said, guys, the team that wins the turnover battle wins the football games, and that's going to happen this weekend too. So you get a pick, maybe even a pick six, whether it's because you blitz more, yeah. whether because you run more stunts internally and try to free some guys up. They've got a couple of blitzes that have been very effective all season long, so it won't be a surprise for Pitt, but you've still got to defense it. Well, Alan brings up something that I always bring up here. Nobody talks about special teams enough. Who's got the better, who's got the advantage there? Because a lot of times these games come down to a big play on special teams. Yeah, it does. And Wake Forest does spend a lot of time. And I think you'd probably say it's it's a toss-up at the moment. You know, either one has the capability. Um, I think Wake has a slight advantage on yardage return in uh, on punts and, you know, kickoffs. Who returns kickoffs anymore anyway, right? Except that occasional long one that you break, but mostly it's right. take that, you know, fair catch or, or see the ball sail into the end zone. But I think that's exactly right. That special teams and turnovers in big games are usually what you see as a really, really important factor. Well, we're going to root hard for Wake Forest this week. It's going to be a fun game. There's no doubt about that. I can't see either team getting themselves blown out of this game, right? Because I think they're very evenly matched and, I think it's going to be a shootout that last one with the ball might win. I think you've got to give the nod to Pittsburgh on defense based on what they've done so far this season. And offensively, you know, they're neck and neck. Flip a coin, you can take either one. So it comes down to preparation. It comes down to, to special teams, turnovers, breaks of the game, somebody making a great play, somebody having a career year, career game. Well, before I let you go, again, we'll be rooting for Wake Forest Saturday. Before I let you go, I can't let you go without congratulating you on uh, on Michigan beating Ohio State for the first time uh, this century. No, I'm not sure if that's true or not. That's probably that's probably wrong. It's been um, a while. But, but Jim Harbaugh does get over the uh, over the hump there and finally wins that. Uh, that's got to be exciting for the Michigan uh, alumni. It is, and, you know, it, it was tough because their game started the same time as the Wake Forest game. You said that, yeah. And I was kind of trying not to let anybody let me see me in commercial breaks checking out my telephone, you know. So you did have the game on your phone. Well, I, I was peeking at the scores, and then our score, our uh, studio guy knows that, uh, obviously, I'm a Michigan guy, so he was keeping me uh, – he was keeping us up to date in all his updates on that because it was a huge game nationally as well and got serious college football playoff implications and had the implications. So it was a closely monitored game. And I was glad to see Michigan do it. I've got a group of baseball players that I won two big 10 championships with up at Michigan in the three years that I was there, including Rick Leach, who was the quarterback started as a freshman for Bo Schembechler and, uh, and played four years for Bo. And he was on the text thread that we have going. So it was a busy Saturday afternoon. We'll just say that. I guess it was. So I'll ask you this. With Michigan getting over the hump, getting to the Big Ten championship game, was that, you know, I'm mixing up my leagues here, I understand. Was that their Super Bowl last week? Do they got anything left in the tank? Because I think Iowa is dangerous for them this Saturday. If they're well, Iowa plays such good de- defense that they're uh, obviously always dangerous, and and you like to think you can get them right back up to that same peak, but it's very difficult, and and especially when you start uh, in your in your spring uh, spring training stuff like Michigan did with a beat Ohio State drill that they worked on all year long. You know they had yeah. a kind of a seven on five drill, and they started calling it their beat Ohio State drill. So. 
Um, a lot of attention has been focused on it. They peaked at the right time with it, got to a great emotional uh, level with them and, and played a great game and really beat the snot out of them, I thought. You think if they lose, and again, well, I'll talk, I, I, know, I know we've concentrated mostly this year on the ACC and a little bit on Michigan, but now that we're down to brass tacks in the last week, championship week and the final four rank the final the final final four rankings will come out next week do you see them staying the way they are or they're going to be an upset this weekend well you know between i think somebody will drop out i do think that somebody will drop out now who they put into that other slot is going to be interesting you seeing notre dame staying at six was uh was a little bit surprising to me so, that was a little surprise too, yeah. I thought they might move up to five, and then if somebody dropped out, they'd have that natural, easy way to slide them in. But I think there will be an upset, and somebody will get moved out of those top four slots. I'm concerned that, you know, Alabama, just for sake of argument, Alabama beats Georgia, Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins, but just gets by Houston, and Oklahoma State wins convincingly. Yeah. And Plus, Cincinnati getting bumped. What if what if Georgia beats Alabama? Alabama's got a couple losses, and nobody's ever gone to, with two. I can't. But if they're going to do it it's for somebody, it'll be Alabama. This year. If, right? if they're going to do it, they'll put Alabama in there this year with two. And if they do, they better have a twelve-team playoff next year because you know this will be getting ridiculous for for a one-loss Oklahoma State team and. Yeah. You know, uh, Notre Dame with one loss, and these teams all staying home, and Alabama going with two. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit too much projecting and a little bit too much opinion getting involved and yeah. and sending people into those spots. Yeah, we get the, we need to get the sixteen teams. We need to have teams like Wake Forest involved in this thing so we can get excited. You know about well, you know it's good for the sport, and uh, Wake Forest certainly has enjoyed it. And but as Dave Clawson said yesterday. The key now is do it again. You know, don't just do it once every 15 years. Be in that situation. Be in that conversation every year. You know, be in the league championship uh, conversation every single year. They were picked fifth in the division this year. They were picked to finish fifth at the start of the season in the preseason polls amongst the writers and everybody else and the coaches. And, uh, you know, it hasn't turned out that way. And the goal is – be in there every year yeah that kind of respect well it's been a great season for them we wish them well saturday no matter what happens it's been a great season i think for wake you know who you're happy for is there's about 5100 students on campus uh undergrad and they're expecting about 3000 of them to be in charlotte for the game uh had had 4500 at a game uh recently at the nc state game you know so the the students get involved I, i i feel sports give you so much and even if you're not a, uh, a a competitor and an athlete at a school, you can still learn and take pride in your school through that through that avenue. And the Wake Forest student body has never really embraced it that much in the past. And it looks like they really are. They're sending 20 buses down there. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff is a little bit unheard of for the university. So it's been great to see. And they've got people talking, the players talk about walking into class and people shouting at them across the quad as they're walking to their different classes because, you know, they see the the guys across there. So it's been really a fun fall for the student athletes. And that's great to see.
Well, let's get one more week out of them, and hopefully next week I can have you on. We'll talk about who your opponent is in a Fiesta Bowl. That ought to be awesome. Well, there will be a good game. It could be the Peach Bowl, too, if they win the championship. Could be down in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl, which would is be the peach, Is there where the champions are going as a Peach Bowl? I think the Peach Bowl is what they're talking oh. about, yeah. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was a Fiesta Bowl. I don't know. Well, that's the Fiesta Bowl. They're all involved in – that's yeah. where it get really interesting, and, and we can dissect it a little bit more next week and when the bowl pairings come out because now you start thinking, do they take a Clemson that travels well to a higher-tier bowl yeah. just because they've got the – you know, and the numbers hurt Wake Forest in that situation. Yeah, well, hopefully next week my, my Wake Forest top will be here and I won't have to pull out one of these, <laughs> these old Patriot ones and uh, we'll be able to – you know, converse on a more equal level here, Larry. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. All right. Appreciate you coming in as always. Good luck Saturday. And uh, we'll be, we'll be watching. I can promise you that. All right. Go Deeks, man. That's all you've got to remember is go Deeks. I got them. Thanks, Larry. Thanks. Have a great night. Bye-bye. The great Larry Sorensen, color commentator for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. What a great season they've had. Yes. Would have been great if they went undefeated. They'd be in this, they'd be in this championship uh, conversation right now, adding another layer, <laughs> adding another layer of uh, controversy here. Let's catch up a little bit on some of your comments, guys. I might go through these ga- these games a little bit, the rest of the games, but I'll catch up on your comments. Let me. Uh... And again, I want to welcome Alan. I know you're a new watcher, a new viewer, or at least a new comment commentator. So thank you for that. Let me get, I don't know how far back I got to go here. Well, uh, here's Alan's first uh, comment was about uh, as a Sooner fan being discussed about Lincoln Riley. You know, yeah, I don't know. You know, the thing is Lincoln Riley had to be thinking about this a long time. Same as Brian Kelly, long time before last Saturday night, guys, long time. You know, and they're just so disingenuous. I don't know if it's on the Kevin Durant level of bad. That's the pros. I, I I don't know. I, I, I there's always a difference to me a, a little bit, uh, Alan. But that's just me. Uh, Carlos, I missed this one. I agree. Signing day needs to get pushed back or forward or somewhere. So these coaches aren't being fired and hired while we're not even finishing the season, getting the championship games, going to championship uh, playoffs, going to big bowl games. Without your coaches. I mean, in a way, I can't blame the coaches. Right? Let me uh let me just change this banner up so because Larry's not with us anymore. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, yes, I blame the coaches in a way, in a way, but lifers aren't here. You know, and 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 the coaches at least leaving schools high and dry at this bad time of the year is not necessarily their fault. It's the fault of the system. Hate that. Carlos was talking about the defense. We got that. Let's see what I miss. Uh, Allen. Wake head-to-head with Clemson would be fun to watch. Oh, well, they played a couple of weeks ago, and Clemson did beat them, uh, Allen. Um, but it was a good ball game, and I don't think you're going to see a rematch of them this year in a bowl game or anything, though. Uh, Carlos, I didn't catch this one, but NIL tilting the the table. Um, I think we're talking about facility. I'm, I'm not sure which table that is. Oh, because of the recruiting and and whatnot. Uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're going with, but um, you can comment on that. Well, you and I are going to get into some of this on Friday, that's for sure. 
the college, I think, you know, the, the whole mess in college is probably a topic we need to tackle right away. Wake Forest versus Oklahoma in a bowl game? Possible. You know, any matchups are possible right now. And, and this would be a, that would be a fun game. I think, you know, going back to Oklahoma and Bob Stoops, I think, who was a great, you know, who stepped down in 2017, I think it was. You might be able to correct me, Alan. Um, and handed the keys to Lincoln Riley. You know, he left the program in great shape. He was a great coach, coached a clean program. And I always thought Bob Stoops would come back. He's still a fairly young guy, and he is stepping up. And he's been a big, uh, he's been a big presence within that program since he stepped down. And he's going to have a big say in the in the uh, successor, and he's going to be coaching them in a bowl game uh, in a few weeks. So he's going to help pick up the pieces until they can put these pieces back together. And I think that's very commendable of Bob Stoops to do. And he's going to be a big part of this committee that picks the next coach. Don't be surprised. I think what Oklahoma really ought to do is convince Bob Stoops that as he's looking for a head coach, his best option is Bob Stoops. You remember back, this isn't a political show, and this really isn't a political comment, but back in uh, the year 2000, when uh, George W. Bush was, searching for a vice presidential candidate, he named one Richard Dick Cheney to head the committee to search for the best candidate. And he determined he was the best candidate. So again, that's the type of thing I'd love to see uh, to see happen. I love Bob Stoops. And I'm shocked that he hasn't come back. Always hurts when players leave afterwards before the season ends. Uh, yeah, and you know, you're going to see some of that. Well, that's another that's another topic, right? So we got coaches that leave before the season. We got players that leave to protect themselves. They play all season long, but they're they're afraid of getting hurt in one more game, and they want to protect their pro chance, their pro, you know, their their professional options. Allen's con, con, uh, confirming it was 2017. I'm positive. Bob Stoops just doesn't want to be an analyst. I, I, well, I think you're saying he doesn't want to be an analyst. He wants to be a coach, Carlos, because I think he should be a coach. That's his first best destiny. He's a great coach. Keep hearing Brent Venables. I've heard him a lot too. Um, he gets, again, you know what? The same names are being mentioned everywhere for the same jobs. It's unlikely they're going to go the same direction. <clears throat> I mean, Oklahoma hasn't had a, had a coaching search in in decades. I believe when Bud Wilkinson left, he handed the reins to Chuck Fairbanks, who was an assistant. When Chuck Fairbanks left, he handed the reins to Barry Switzer, who was an assistant. <clears throat> well, I'm sorry, but then Barry Switzer gets forced out. And they go through a whole bunch of bad coaches, right? So they had to do coaching searches there. And they did a horrendous job until they found Bob Stoops, who handed the reins to Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he is a coach. I mean, he's not a guy like, you know, Lee Corso was not a great coach. Great TV personality, great analyst, fun to watch, you know. I mean, you know, again, I wouldn't put my money on all his picks, but... 
Bob Stoops doesn't look like a guy who wants to be sitting on that dais. I agree, Carlos. Look at that. We found every every night if we talk long enough, Carlos, if you post enough comments, I'm going to agree with you at some point. Guys, don't forget, by the way, and I'll, I'll plug this again. Don't watch watch the show, Are You Serious, Friday morning. We've revamped the uh, TGI Sports Talk uh, uh, offering that at that time slot. We're going to be – I'll be on with one Carlos Chavez, the mad New Yorker, for Are You Serious? We'll be debating all of this type of stuff and more. Alan, I love the comments. What do you got? As big a play that would be, do, would you think of them hiring Venables or Stoops and then bringing in Joe Brady as those? You know what? I don't think Brady's taken a taken a uh, step backwards to be an offensive coordinator in uh, in college, unless the, he was to lose his job in the NFL. I think Joe Brady's next progression is as a head coach, either on a major at a major college or in the NFL. Although. His star, the, the shine is off his star a little bit um, the last two years. I still like the guy a lot, but, you know, he doesn't have the same cachet that he had uh, getting, getting when he got to Carolina. That makes one of us. That makes one of us. I don't know what you're talking about, Rick. Yeah, Brady wants to keep an NFL job. I agree. Oh, agreed with Carlos. <laughs> Rick, you got to cut Carlos some slack. Very opinionated, but he's got some good stuff. We're gonna have some. We're gonna. We're gonna have some. I wish you would be available on Fridays. It would be awesome, Rick. Can you quit your job? Just kidding. Oh, when I retire, I'm gonna do these shows every day. Oh, God. What else? Anyway, you guys keep commenting. I'm going to look at some of these games. Let's just take a look at a few of these championship games we may not have, have concentrated on. we got a few minutes left here. You know, a lot of these games won't have a lot of uh, bearing, but there's some fun games. Uh, Mark and uh, Jim both mentioned the Utah-Oregon uh, rematch. They played just a few weeks ago, and, and Utah beat them handily. This game will be in Utah again, and I'm all over Utah again in this game. I think this team's playing great football, and they're very, very, very tough at home. And they have the distraction of their coach, Marco Cristobal, being mentioned for every job open in the country. I think a fun game, too, will be Western Kentucky against San Antonio, Texas-San Antonio, who lost their first game of the year last year, unfortunately. But they've had a great year. This should be a great game to, to cap that off. <laughs> uh, cryptocurrency is a way to flip that 401. Yeah, you got to call my wife, Carlos, because uh, she is much more conservative than I am. And the reason I'll be in a position to retire soon is her <laughs> getting my life in order. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that getting my, um, you know, getting my financial head about me anyway, Baylor at Oklahoma state. I think this game has, this game has huge ramifications on the weekend. It's entirely possible. Oklahoma state could jump into the top four with a big win this week. And I like them to beat Baylor at home. 
Northern Illinois and Kent State. Don't know a lot about these two teams. Northern Illinois often has a very good team. Kent State, pretty decent football history. Uh, so it should be a fun game. I'll, I'll take the home team here. San Diego State, Kenny mentioned them earlier. They've had a great season, just one loss, playing a very, very respectable Utah State team. But again, I'll take the home team to win. In an upset this weekend, I will take the Appalachian State uh, football team to beat Louisiana, who just lost their head coach, by the way, to Florida. I'll pick them to beat Louisiana in that uh, championship game. Not sure whether Napier is coaching in that game or not. We talked about Bama and Georgia. I like Georgia to beat them by two touchdowns. I just cannot see this team. Unless Bryce Young goes totally crazy, staying with Georgia. They 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 barely got by a mediocre Auburn game team. Barely got by a mediocre LSU team. Got beat by a bad Florida team. Barely got by an okay Arkansas team. They're going to get beat and beat up good, I think, Saturday. Cincinnati at Houston. I'm sorry, Houston at Cincinnati. I'm not sure where that game is being played. Uh, yeah, it's at Cincinnati. So, to me, no-brainer. It's going to be the toughest game Cincinnati's probably played. Houston may be better than than Notre Dame at this point. Playing good football. Won 11 games in a row. I like Cincinnati's chances, though. I like Iowa in an upset at Lucas Oil Stadium against Michigan. I think Michigan left it all in the field last week. I like Wake Forest, not just because of our friend Larry Sorensen. I just like the story. I just like the fact that I want, I think they're going to cap off this season with a big victory. And the defense comes up with a play late in the game to maybe seal this victory. Or maybe a special teams, as Alan had said. I'll get to your guys' comments in a second, I promise. And then you got USC in California. No idea why they're even playing this game. I believe it was postponed due to COVID. Uh, we're playing championship weekend, and we got USC in California. I don't get it. All right, what do we got here? What do we got here? Uh, I don't want to talk about crypto. Mike White was a hilltopper. Oh, my gosh. Mike White. Yeah, he's on his way to the Hall of Fame. No, Army plays Navy. Not this week, uh, Rick. Well, maybe. I'm, am I wrong? Hold on. Am I get the Oh, no. That'll be next week. They play all by themselves, Rick. They'll be playing, I think, unless I'm wrong. I don't have them on my schedule here. Let's take a quick look at next week because I think they play on them by themselves. They do. They play on the 11th of December. They usually give them a stage all their own, which they should. Which, by the way, I wish the game wasn't at MetLife, though. Move it back to Philadelphia where the game's supposed to be played. Baylor secondary, super quick and tough. I agree. It's a good, good Baylor team, but it's a very good Oklahoma State defense that uh, Baylor's got to play. Baylor has not played that well uh, outside of their home field this year. They've been much spottier. Uh, and I just think this is a spot where uh, Mike Gundy's a very underrated coach, very underrated coach. And this team, don't be surprised, 
All they need is one team to lose in front of them, maybe not even one team, which will piss me off. And Mike Gundy will be in that last four. Big 12 title game will be in Dallas, so it may favor. See, Baylor, it's not the home field for Baylor, though. I don't know why these teams play in these. I don't know. I know why they play. Sorry, money. But I don't know how much of an advantage that's going to give Baylor. Cowboys travel probably fine. There'll probably be plenty of Cowboy fans in the place. Um, and I do like the Cowboys defense a lot. There's John DeLon. Where you been all night? In all fairness to Bama, before the LSU game, the Tigers had blitzed seven times all season and went nuts blitzing versus Bama. Well, that explains the LSU game, but how's it explained the, Bay- the Auburn game? How's it explained the Florida game? How's it explained the Arkansas game? These are all teams that Alabama would normally beat by a bunch. This is a bad Auburn team. I get it's a rivalry game. It's it's often close. It's often not close too, by the way. It's not playing without their starting quarterback, Auburn. I can't get excited about this Alabama team. Other than Bryce Young, there's just not talent there that they're, that we're used to seeing from Nick Saban. And I'm not saying Nick Saban could not make a surprise. He's a great coach, best coach in college football history. End of story. But Kirby Smart's going to get over the hump this this week. Could Saban pull something a rabbit out of his hat? Sure. Don't see it. Win is a win. I I don't disagree, but but if you you can't you, you want to go back in history and talk about you know the I don't know how the Georgia only winning two national championships has anything to do with this game at all. Um, Kenny or somebody had made comments about the kids know about the history and it affects the way they play the game. These kids don't know about the history of these games. Not most of them. Army Navy always plays after comp. Yeah, that's what I thought. Rick could have could have met that. Uh... And by the way, I think it's great that Army Navy gets that stage all to themselves every year. How long is that going to be before that changes? I hope they don't. Bama O-line is too young and too weak to take on that. I agree. That's why I think Bama gets beat. Georgia, I I don't know that they'll kill them, right? But, again, two touchdowns against Alabama is a convincing win. I like where we're going here. I really do. And Bama can't make the playoff with two losses, guys. I'm sorry. They lose to Georgia. Wins or wins, Carlos, right? Shouldn't matter if it's close or big. Bama can't get in. I gave you my pick. I'll give you one more time. We're, we're a little bit over time here. So I'm going to give you my picks one more time because I think things are going to get a little goofy one more weekend. Georgia wins against Alabama. Out, Alabama. Michigan loses to Iowa. Out, Michigan. Cincinnati wins, stays in. I got two teams. Oklahoma State wins. Oklahoma State gets in. And Notre Dame slides up to four. 
I don't know how State can get in without playing a game <laughs> ahead of North uh, Notre Dame, who didn't play a game. So I don't see anybody can jump these teams. Can Baylor go all the way from nine to four if those teams all lose in front of them and they beat Oklahoma State convincingly? Don't think so because, again, they got two losses. If they're going to take a two-loss team, it'll be Alabama. A lot of craziness. It's going to be a great – it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bama's only chance to get an early double-digit lead and hope Kirby panics. They're not going to get a double-digit lead, not against this defense. They're just not. But that would be probably the one way they can win is to get way ahead. I, I could certainly make that – I can certainly make that leap, John, sure. We should come in earlier, John. I'd like to get to more comments, but we got to wrap it up. I do want to remind you guys, Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, live right here on TJ Sports Talk, we will present Are You Serious? With our new co-host, Carlos Chavez, the mad New Yorker. The man says, buy Bitcoin, and I can retire tomorrow. So I'm going to make a little trip. Empty out the 401k, my wife's pension fund. We're going to buy 401k. And I'll probably be doing this show from the street next week. Anyway, guys, it's been a great fun. Had a blast as always with you guys. We got a last little comment I want to put up here. No, I don't think they can get put, who lost uh, Baylor team in. I really don't. Hey, who knows what could happen? If everybody loses, who knows? You get We're going to find out, John DeLong. Later. Great seeing you guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Alan, for joining us for the first time, I believe. Thanks to Tim Ott for coming in for the first time that I noticed anyway. Thanks for pointing that out, Rick Sherlock. Thanks to all of our regulars. Great comments, guys. Great feedback. Love the dissension. It's okay to disagree with me. It's okay to disagree with each other. We're going to have fun watching these games Saturday. Keith Engel, TGI Sports. College Football Huddle right here on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. By the way, big news coming up about Roku. See you later. Have a great weekend.